Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long in Artistic August, I am talking to artists of all kinds. And boy, let me tell you, do I have an artiste for you? I mean, his level of art is going to make you say, wow. And it's actually probably going to make you stand up and laugh. Let me tell you why. Tom Kelly is a stand-up comedian. He's best known for a lot of his work and how I met him also as a warm-up comic at uh, a few little-known shows like Good Morning America, ABC's The View, The $100,000 Pyramid, America's Got Talent. And I'll tell you what, he is a funny guy. Now, I also know that he has a great ability to get people to do things in environments like that they, they would never do, like get up and do the warm or a little girl once got up and just sang a beautiful song before uh, the show started. He can bring that out, but he also has a lot of biting wit that he uh, masters between kindness and self-deprecation, but everything that's going to make you laugh. Maybe sometimes feel a little uncomfortable, but that's okay too. Now he also has his podcast, the Tom Kelly Show podcast. And in this, he says he dances the thin line between comedy and therapy, which if you listen to a few, he really does, but it's really about introspection. And uh, not just about life and career and a pandemic, but, you know, really about people who are turning those 2020 lemons into 2021 lemonade, which I'm thinking probably needs to have some vodka in it. He's also a regular contributor to ABC's World News Now. And he is, uh, gosh, I'll tell you what, he, he has so many things that he's doing between all these different shows, currently uh, working with Tamron Hall show. But uh, this is what I know. And I think it's really important for you all to know. He is also available for acting, stand-up, warm-up, hosting, Zoom parties, private events, and in case you really want it, he can officiate your wedding. So joining me today is my friend, Tom Kelly. <laughs> you know what's funny? You don't realize what you put in your bio until you have somebody <laughs> rewrite it for you. And I heard some things I love in there and a few things that make me think I should thin this out and look a little more focused. He's available for comedy. He's available for bar shows. He's available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and frankly, light yard work, Tom Kelly. I, I love mitzvahs, that. But you should have. <laughs> Do you like the 2020 lemons at the 2021 lemonade wine? I just cut it out of my podcast intro today. And, uh, and now I think I may stick it back in. I do like it because I think it's, it's such an epitome of, and, you know, as I watched you do so many things in the last year, but, you know, really trying to take this look at, okay, we all know that that sucked. I mean, there was just so much about a freaking pandemic that sucked, but you were always trying. It might've been hard some days to figure out the, that lemonade, but you got there. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if I'm there. I actually was thinking of rewriting it. One, because we're recording this in June. Are we allowed to say that? Is that shocking yeah, sure. the expectations <gasps> of your audience? Don't tell anybody that we're recording. Recording them early. No, we're good. No, but uh, but here's because here's the funny of it is uh, turn your 2020 lemons into 2021 lemonade really only has six months left of shelf life. That's true. Uh, much yeah. like 2021 milk, it will be expired <laughs> in six months. Uh, so I'm wondering, and, and I really think this is a true 
approach to life for everybody right now, and I'm just having this revelation with you, is maybe to so we don't put too much pressure on ourselves, we have to take our 2020 lemons and make 2022 lemonade. Oh, like, so know, they're kind of fermenting now. Yeah, because like right now, listen, I mean, right now things are open. Uh, I have a prediction. There's some sort of an uptick that scares people in September. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I am and I have been made fun of for this prediction. Uh, but if not September, maybe November. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have had friends make fun of me for this prediction. Uh, I could be wrong. I hope I am wrong. Uh, but I think there's going to be a moment where people are going to get nervous again in the mm-hmm. fall. Uh, yeah. And honestly, even too, things are only just really reopening now. Uh, we're at the end of June, you know. Yeah. So six months really isn't a good window to jam in a year and a half of lemons. That's true. You know, we better give it some. We better give it some extra freeway and yeah. runway. But in you fact, know, you know what? I'm going to take my 2020 lemons and make 2024 lemonade. Really give myself a good runway so I can uh, take off. I love it. Like I said, we got to start adding some vodka to it so that it's really turning into something. It marinates. You know, it it gets better. But I will make fun of you for your prediction because I actually think when you look at the pandemic, you know what we didn't have during the pandemic? We didn't have the flu. And so my prediction is once people are still out and about and they actually start uh, sharing the flu again, we're going to have a lot of people freaked out, but I don't think it'll be as much coronavirus. Depends on how many people get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, people. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. I believe in it. Uh, If you can, get the Pfizer one. Uh, My buddy Pete works at Pfizer, so for some reason I feel like he makes a nickel every time I promote it. You know, I'm like promoting the one product on earth that doesn't need a promotion. Uh, I love, I can't wait to... I can't wait to stop having the, which vaccine did you get? I know. Because I know. it's such a boring conversation. Like, what the hell do I have to offer? Other than say, my body teeth work in there. You know, I got nothing. Listen, well, so listen, watch. But this is the funniest thing for you to do when you're talking to potential clients and you're out at meetings, all right? All you have to say is Johnson & Johnson, okay? <laughs> Ready? Ready? You just, when I point, you say Johnson & Johnson. Michael, great to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, I'm vaccinated. Which one did you get? Johnson and Johnson. Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And you could probably apply that to the other ones, but the Johnson and Johnson people, a couple of them, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, they're like, you know what? We can buy the cheap shingles. And then they worry every time there's winter. Exactly. You know, and, and then, uh, but I do have a reply because at one point I thought I was gonna have to get the johnson and johnson one because where i was getting it it was either or uh Mm -hmm. i made the mistake of getting my vaccine before i could get free yankee tickets man i feel ripped off but i know like if i knew there was gonna be like i want to hold out now on my vaccine like we will give a new mazda to anybody (laughs) who gets their vaccine like i feel like that's coming like, you know, they're giving out free lotto tickets. I so agree. Yeah, people are winning millions of dollars. I'm like, geez, I just wanted to get it so fast. But you know what else I'll be glad about? It's not just that question, which one did you get? But now I feel like fewer people are going, and how'd you feel with it? You know, because that was like, you had to have that. That was more than, hey, what do you do for a living? It's like, hey, what did you get? And, you know, what were your side effects? I'm, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, I, I, I don't, you know what it is? And there you go. We're eating into my podcast time. I don't want to talk about it anymore. God <laughs> damn it. We're done with the conversation. <laughs> How about that for shocking your potential? Yeah, you know, like, I feel like a lot of your clients like stick with you after your events and they listen to this podcast, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how great is it after how many events you've done that the real answer they're learning from you is, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> That's how you shock people's potential. No, for real, this is it. And like, like for people who have underperforming employees listening to this podcast, you know, yeah. when they're giving you excuses and you're organically helping people to grow, there's a certain point where you just got to say, I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, and that's actually true. And I kind of, I teach people actually polite ways to say that. (laughs) And I think if we've learned, actually, this is going to be, this will have been, I don't know if I'll have done this on my podcast, Tom Kelly show, but I, I, I always say the best speech my father ever gave. And he gave a few recurring ones. Uh, I just talked about one today, which is make life take it away from you, which is, you know what, go chase something and make life take it away. If you're hurt, you keep working because make life put you in the ground. Um, But the other one I loved relevant to what you were just saying is nobody cares. And I love that one. Uh, And then he has a sensitive ending to it. But like, oh, my gosh, uh, they don't like me uh, at work. Nobody cares. Just get the job done. Oh, my gosh, uh, I have a learning disability was my brother's. Nobody cares. You have to work harder. Uh, And he would then say, yes, people care. But to a certain point, they don't. And that's the honest to God thing that I've learned this year is we care, but we really don't. And, And it's every day is a rehash of nobody cares for me. Listen, in stand up comedy. I got laid off on a Tuesday. The paycheck stopped coming on a Wednesday. Nobody cared. I mean, people cared. They loved me. Uh, But God bless. I mean, uh, I mean, and I love every family member at this party. God forbid they find this. But God bless. I got laid off at Tuesday. I went to my niece's baby shower on Saturday and nobody was giving me the pep talk. Nobody was giving me hugs. All they cared about was uh, what box we were going to open and were we going to get COVID all at the same time. That's all we were worried about. Nobody was worried about whether or not Uncle Tommy could pay his rent next month. Is that the the event that you actually got COVID from? No, (laughs) God damn it. And that's turning into a fight um, still six months later. I got COVID exactly how Dr. Fauci said I would get it. And I love everybody who was at this party. And it was... And again, me being correct with my predictions, I also Mm -hmm. predicted the shutdown at Christmas. Uh, and I thought right around, it was a week or two, but it was actually probably six days before Thanksgiving, uh, maybe even less than that. And my buddy was having a Friendsgiving dinner and I love this friend. I love oh, this right. friend. Mm-hmm. He's right leaning on his politics, a little bit Fox News and conspiracy theory. And that's okay. He's a good person. I feel like if you cut those people off, they can't grow, but put that on the side. But there's a lot of, uh, hey, buddy, are you sure you really mean that conversations? Mm. But anyway, he had a party. It was only nine people, which was within the Fauci boundaries. And I wasn't going to go, uh, but I had been tested for COVID 12 times that week. I, had wor- I was working a job where they were testing right. me twice a day. It's a long story. Right. Uh, in the end, I actually you know, I drove past the party, got to my parents' house, and then he's, he gave me a last minute. It's okay, Tom, you can come. Why don't you come just for dessert? And I went just for dessert, mm-hmm. and I was there for an hour. I had a piece of chocolate cake and a small glass of peanut butter whiskey, um, and it was basically, you know, I got it the way they said you would get it, and I was very angry about it, not even because I had COVID, but because then, in turn, I had exposed my parents and my parents, uh, my, my parents are both high risk groups on paper, like everybody's parents. And 
you know, and God bless that chocolate cake was good, but it wasn't worth killing mommy and daddy. Yeah, no, no. I mean, no. it was delicious, but it wasn't that delicious. No, I mean, it was that German chocolate cake. It was moist, but it could have been better. Yeah, but what about the peanut butter whiskey? <laughs> that was a new taste experience. I don't know if I'd do it again, but I enjoyed the glass that I had. I'm not going to go buy a bottle, but I enjoyed it a glass when served. So anyway, and all these things, and listen, my highest rated podcast was uh, just as I was reinventing my podcast and rebranding it as the Tom Kelly show, I got COVID. And then you're trying to explain, I mean, I'm already jammed with what do I want to be when I grow up? What job is providing me fulfillment? Will any of my opportunities still be waiting for me when the world reopens? And then you have, oh, and I have COVID and I might've killed mommy and daddy. Right. Right. You know, Which they, uh, they, they did okay though, right? They're doing great, thank God. Um, they're doing great. Uh, mom and dad are healthy. They're both vaccinated. They're seeing their grandkids again from my brother. Uh, there are hugs. There are kisses. Uh, I want to get my mother to be a little bit more active. She's watching a little too much television right now. God bless. Uh, I would love to get her out. She's watching a lot of Monk, reruns of Monk. <laughs> Uh, the, the crime detective crime drama on USA and yes. God bless watching an episode of monk takes 60 minutes, listening to my mother describe an episode of monk 90 minutes. <laughs> Plus I'm, he's a complete, um, hypochondriac. So that's yeah, not what you should be watching during a pandemic. Yeah. No, we're not reinforcing, uh, good things with her, you know, with her watching she'll be like, and that Mr. Monkey has the OCD. And I don't know why I made my mother an old Jewish man, but you get what I'm saying. And you ready for other bad choices for viewing? Of course. I always wanted to see The Aviator, which was the Howard Hughes movie. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? All you need to know. Well, neither did I. And I'm like, you know what? And there was a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch classic cinema. I'm going to reconnect with my loved ones. We're going to be classier people when this is over, when all we have to do is wait four weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that? Anyway, but God bless, I picked The Aviator. And what I did not know about that movie was Howard Hughes had OCD induced because he survived the Spanish flu. And the first scene, Listen, everybody, we should (laughs) we should ban the aviator. The aviator should be shelved with uh, it should be shelved with Gone with the Wind and all those other movies they're not showing anymore. (laughs) Or there should be some sort of a disclaimer that this may be triggering because in the Ah. first minute or two, it's him refusing to go outside. And I'm like, that's how I feel. And honestly, uh, that's part of why I'm podcasting. Uh, That's part of why I'm hiding on a beach right now is. I need to ease myself back into the real world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it, it, it can be really shocking. I was telling you before we started taping that, you know, we uh, just got back from a weekend at Nashville, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I mean, it was it was exciting in some level, but you're just still looking around going, wait, am I really standing shoulder to shoulder with a stranger in a bar? Wait, who brought me my beer? Wait, did you so, wash your hands? <laughs> so I went to for a weekend in Tampa uh, about a month before, a month ago with great friends. I thought I was going for an outdoor barbecue turned out to be an indoor party. And my, Mm. and again, and down there, they have very strongly different opinions. Uh, some I actually agree with, or I, I understand why they're agreeing with and others where I'm like, geez, really? And you don't realize that people, you know, the old expression, say it, don't spray it. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, but if you want to understand why we were making people wear masks, hang out with my drunk friend, Frank, down in Florida. Oh, Florida boy, Frank. Frank. Florida Frank, down in Florida. We call him, uh, guess where he lives? Florida. We call him Florida Frank. Florida Frank is a sprayer. And I didn't realize how much of a sprayer I was until I'm sitting there three feet away and it's. Oh, my God. You know, oh my God, well, he still, must have had a wet mask all the time. Yeah, you know what? And here's my thing on masks. I am. I don't want to ever wear one again. I have dry eye, but I wouldn't mind everybody else if you can wear them. In fact, some of you people out there, I wouldn't mind if you wore bags over your head. And frankly, some of you people on some of those news stations, plastic bags are fine too. Oh, but oh but I'm bump. <laughs> no, I know my, uh, my husband and I actually went to Florida in October and we were th- down there from uh, Florida or in from October until we were supposed to come back the beginning of December and then Philadelphia shut down again. So we stayed um, and another month and it was very open. I mean, like nothing in Florida shut down. The economy didn't shut down. Nobody wore masks. It was crazy. Um, you did when you went in the store and that was about it. But coming back then to lockdown, it was like going back. You couldn't remember where you were anymore. It was very strange. Yeah. And we're very fortunate we didn't, you know, get sick at all. But it's it's been a really, really difficult adjustment for everybody. So I think PTSD or OCD or whatever is going to affect us all in some way or shape. Well, or and here's, the, here's what scares me about the world. And again, I don't want to get political. And I even don't want to spend too much of this conversation on COVID because I think by the time you release this episode, I'm hoping the world will be a happier place yes. right before it becomes a darker place. But anyway, <laughs> you know, but no, but for real, like with, uh, for me, what bothers me about all of this, when I thought this was first happening, and listen, I have friends who are Trump supporting nurses who are like, yeah, we got to shut down for a bit. Okay. Uh, they still didn't vote for uh, Biden, uh, but they're like, yeah, we're overwhelmed. There's a line outside the morgue. This is for real. We didn't know what this was in the beginning. And my hope was for March of 2020 and June of 2020. Uh, God, because wait, what comes after March? April of 2020, June of 2020. <laughs> God damn it. Oh my gosh, we're exposing how <laughs> dumb I am. Uh, so anyway, what I'm saying is I really thought, and listen, with some things we did learn, we learned how to treat it. We learned we didn't need ventilators. Uh, mm-hmm. We learned certain people seem to be more, more vulnerable, but nobody really smart has come up with a way to handle some of this. Like, mm-hmm. I really think if we want to, uh, you know, if we want to help COVID deaths, we really have to put a plastic bubble of some sort around the nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in nursing homes over the last couple of years. And, you know, Cuomo made the wrong call with that. I listen, and I said that at the time, we need a step down unit in between. Uh, my grandmother spent a good chunk of time in a nursing home and uh, my uh, my friend, a Catholic priest, had 18 terrifying months in a nursing home. Uh, and frankly, for all the time I've spent in nursing homes, uh, there is nobody I knew in a nursing home that said, no, 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 keep me alive. Every time I went to visit my friend, the priest or my grandmother, they said, can you shoot me? You know, like, yeah. like we, we were extending. So either we got to do things right and find a way to put a plastic bubble around the elderly and take care of them. Yeah, that's the solution. Actually, I'm being mean and I'm going that's into it. mean thoughts. I don't mean to, and I hope you make me sound a little less mean in editing. But I, but listen, I lost a lot of money that I will yeah, never, yeah. ever get back. Uh, my nephews lost a big chunk of education that they will never, ever get back. Uh, frankly, my nephews have my genes. Uh, they are they can't physically be any smarter than I am. I'm the smartest in the family and I'm a dumb guy. 
you know? So who's, no, but, and for how many people uh, are suffering from depression? And I think what, what scares me about the world right now is nobody's come up with an algorithm to fix this. But however, TikTok has found an algorithm that shows me inappropriately aged college girls every time I open the damn app. So can we get those guys- can we get those guys onto figuring out how to manage COVID? That's what I need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. We all know there was a way better way to do it. We didn't do it. And we know at some point in time, we're going to face something else. So how about let's plan for it and maybe have, yeah. have the, and, and listen, the binders and I, we all and, go through. And, and listen, I don't think DT was wrong on everything. How about that, America? Um, I don't. <laughs> um, it's, now, I like to bash him because it's funny to make fun of him. It just yeah. is. It makes me yeah. happy. Uh, I enjoy Biden, but I'm afraid of making fun of him too much because I'm afraid of the left capitalizing it and kicking him out. Uh, but yeah. honestly, we are honestly we are one hair sniffing away from uh, Harris being president. So. See, and you know what? I love Democrats won't laugh at that. Democrats won't laugh at that. Well, uh, I don't want you to know what I am because you don't know for sure. I just try and I try and stay as neutral as possible. Yeah. When you don't laugh at a hilarious hair sniffing joke, <laughs> you, you either uh, you either voted Democrat or you hate America. I don't know. You hate happiness. Mm -hmm. No, nope. you know? I, uh, I I I refuse to answer that question. No, and, and honestly, <laughs> You should, because listen, if, if this is a uh, artist, artistic artist, uh, mm -hmm. geez, you're exposing my little speech impediments here. <laughs> I was calling this, and I'm not saying this as a joke, uh, but I was, I was going autistic, autistic August, artist August, and you got to go yep. artist August. That's a artistic. tough one on the mouth. Artistic August. I can't even say it now. You got me not being able to say artistic. Artistic August. <laughs> And on this very special artistic August of the Shock Your Potential podcast, uh, Tom Kelly says to you, America, um, yeah, I think right now when you talk politics, the best way, like our grandparents' generation was, the less you say, the better, uh, because if you're a sensible centrist, with which many of us are, mm -hmm. okay, if you go up the middle, you get attacked on both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's listen, at the, at the end of the day, listen, I thought Trump was right about one, two, three and four. OK, mm -hmm. whatever those are. Um, yep. My friends on the left will hate me or, you know, like actually here, like, you know, my friends will like I voted for Biden. I say that freely. But then I have friends who are mad for me because I didn't vote for Biden enough. You know, like I, even though I saw mistakes Biden was making uh, and I pointed them out, there are things I didn't like about some of his policies. And my friends are like, voting for him is not enough. You have to want to be his new adopted son. You know, I was going to say, wow, what more do you are you supposed to do after you vote for somebody? No, you, because you can't because you have to drink the Kool-Aid. And, and again, there's only two glasses of Kool-Aid on the table right now. And, and nobody the wants a cool, refreshing glass of water that's in the middle. And when you yeah. go up the middle, everybody hates you. And your yeah. centrists, centrists don't stick up for you. You know, yeah. actually, Colbert had the joke once. There's no such thing as a centrist rally because centrists are ambivalent. Nobody's going to show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so true. Uh, well, speaking of that, Tom, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. 
These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we're back with my buddy, Tom Kelly. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually pitched a show to um, my local ABC affiliate here. We're still talking about it, you know, because I love to get people with opposing viewpoints to actually not have a conversation, but to ask each other intelligent questions, not try and use the floor to, um, you know, promote your own agenda, not try and, you know, attack the other person. But what if you could ask that person five questions that were really responsible, respectful, responsible, and you actually listen to the answers, you know, cause we are so divided, you know, and that's one of the things that I love about your comedy too, is that, you know, there's, there's some fun, there's some fun in there that you can have when, if we're so divided, then let's just make fun of it because we got to get something to get us not just so far apart. We got to at least be able to laugh at ourselves somewhere in this in order to find some common ground. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you don't have enough friends from Florida. I mean, you need to add Florida <laughs> Frank on Instagram. And frankly, you need to add my friend liberal Lenny too, uh, who's up in New York. Uh, you know, I think the problem with society right now is we all have a soapbox. In fact, we all have multiple soapboxes now. Yes. And the problem is we all think our opinion is important. And like I was saying about my father, nobody cares about your damn opinion. All right. Listen, I have a podcast. You have a podcast. Does that make us better than everybody else? No, it just means we have working credit cards that charge us 22 bucks a month to promote this on another platform. You know, frankly, (laughs) you're one missed credit card payment from away from this being a YouTube show. (laughs) And I'm working on YouTube also. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, is this on you? Yeah, no, but for real, like right now, here's the problem with the world, uh, Michael. Nobody wants to listen to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know if I want to listen to you and I'm on your show. I'm sitting here. No, and it's a problem with America. I'm sitting here listening, waiting for my next punchline and hoping you're yeah. going to set me up. And I'm, and that's yeah. a problem with me as a person, not just as a guest. You could have, uh, listen, I know some of the people you know, you could have aimed so much higher um, <laughs> on so many levels. And <laughs> But I but, wanted you, Tom. I wanted you. No, and Excuse listen, me. and here's why your show is screwed. It's a great <laughs> show that people should watch. No, it's you're true. right. Listen, Michael, your show, here's why your show is screwed. That is the exact discourse we need in America. Um, <laughs> you know, and I don't know a nicer way to say it. Listen, I love Chris Cuomo. The last name Cuomo is held on a pedestal in the Kelly house. I knew Chris mm-hmm. Cuomo when he was at Good Morning America. And if I had to rank among my favorites, he's in the top group. Uh, wow. That being said, 
he got more liberal on CNN because he knew the more he talked liberal talk, uh, the ratings went up. Uh, Chris yeah. Cuomo, I've seen him do some very smart, quiet interviews. Why are they doing so much yelling on CNN? And again, I say this about a man I admire. That's because yelling rates. Uh, yeah. And we could go the other way. Fox News. Listen, I loved the Bill O'Reilly show. OK, mm -hmm. what I didn't love was a whole network based on the Bill O'Reilly show. Yeah. And, and 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 listen, and if you think, listen, we owe Bill O'Reilly, we owe Fox News a apology because there are things crazier than Fox News out there right now. You oh, go okay. to higher triple digit news channels right now. Uh, I'm actually trying to set up the child safety locks on my dad's cable box so he can't get into them. <laughs> Are you going to take the monk out of that also? <laughs> That's yeah, for your and, mom. And Mr. Monk, uh, and I do love Monk. I do love Monk. I love my mother, and I love Monk. Uh, and I love that she's watching a show I like. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think to your point, listen, your show is perfect, uh, Michael. Your show is perfect. Your yeah. show is what America should watch. But the problem is America is not smart enough to watch it. And I really think we need something horrible to happen in America to get us to start listening to each other again. Yeah. And, and I thought, and, and guess what? COVID was not bad enough. Wasn't, wasn't it? Mm -mm. No, no, we all, we all rallied around each other for about two minutes. And then we're like, screw you. I'm going to go do a zoom cocktail party. <laughs> Listen, and, and the zoom cocktail parties were the highlights. It was the in-between yeah. of, uh, you know, look, I, I don't, cause you know, I think the hard part right now is there's no ingenious leader that at the top, be it Democrat or Republican, who can give a few ideas that we can all rally behind. Mm -hmm. Even with Biden and the way we're doing politics right now, it's all 51 to 50, 49. Absolutely. Uh, and I am looking forward to a time when we can all find someone we can rally behind. And honestly, now that Alex Trebek is dead, I don't know what we're going to do. We need another Ra Ross Perot. That's what we need. Plus, no, you no, have so much fodder. I voted Perot. And I did. actually, I, did. I didn't vote Perot. Actually, was I eligible to vote at that point? I <laughs> might have voted Perot. It was either Perot or Clinton. I forget at that point. But I used to love doing, ha, I'm Ross Perot. And this is what we need. We do need a, listen, we need somebody. And I thought Biden was closest to that person. But we need somebody who can bring everybody together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and the honest to God truth is, and this goes back to my father's nobody cares speech. And the mm -hmm. things I talk about on the Tom Kelly show right now is the world is a mess. We are not going to fix it. And a conversation between you and I, frankly, is not going to fix it. But no. what can we work on in ourselves to be better people? And maybe we mm -hmm. can contribute to society that way. Listen, yeah. I mean, if you want to go into what America used to be like to help win World War II. People gave up pantyhose and sugar and they sent mm -hmm. their sons off to die. Yeah. Right now to beat the pandemic and maybe uh, we were not willing to not go to the club and get liquored up and hook up with random chicks and we can go for <laughs> No, I, mean, I know. You, I know you missed that. <laughs> no, but like, listen, like China and uh, listen, China as a government, not as a people, but China as a government does awful things. They're worse. Than, they're as bad to my understanding, or they could be almost as bad as Hitler was to Jewish people in some ways, you know, like mm -hmm. they're to Muslims. And we are not willing to stop using iPhones. Never mind, go to war. We're yeah. not willing to listen. I, I love I, and and any every person who would 
yell at me or send me an angry tweet for that sentence is sending it on a phone made in China. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, but, exactly. and I say this for real, there's a lot of things wrong with the world and we don't care enough to adapt. Listen, we didn't care enough about our own grandmothers to maybe wear the mask, even if we didn't believe the mask was right. You know, mm-hmm. listen, there's some science against the masks and maybe they didn't help, but you know what? Did it real? Was it killing you to wear the mask? You know, yeah. and that's where we're at right now. And again, uh, and part of why I started doing a weekly podcast was because my therapist would only be deductible for one session a week. Exactly. You needed another outlet. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I mean, like, if we're talking for a minute, like, did you have a nervous breakdown at all during this? Your business, actually, did your business take off or get hurt during COVID? No, my, my business was completely destroyed. Completely. Because, so, you know, prior to pandemic, 99% of my income came from me getting on an airplane to travel somewhere in the world to speak and train. And everything canceled. 100% of my income gone overnight. So I lost everything overnight uh, from mm-hmm. places. I Now, listen, everything was done to the contract. There are no bad guys in my situation. But right. I was on the brink of, if you looked at what I had booked for 2020, I was going to mm-hmm. have my highest earning year of my life. And I say this with a level of fear as a stand-up yeah. comp. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I think you know enough news anchors and TV personalities to know there is a timeline. And yeah. I don't know where in my timeline I am. Yeah. Uh, I did not make a penny in my 20s. Uh, I didn't really start making any money until I was 40. And I really, uh, if you look at what I made for a couple of years on paper, I look like I'm rich. But if I want to be self-sufficient, Mm-hmm. I really need to have a lot of money in the bank by now or age 50 because I don't know where my life is going. I don't know. I feel like my podcast is about me pushing for a quantum leap or a breakthrough, which I feel like I'm close to. Yeah. And, you know, the pandemic derailed those plans. Now, my friend will point out that when Trump was getting impeached and COVID was on the radar, I said, I was working so hard. I said, gosh, I really need this impeachment trial or COVID to go for two weeks. I need a break, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want to take a vacation. I didn't want to check yeah, myself yeah. into a nut house or rehab. And then God bless God sent COVID and I was shattered emotionally, but I worked very hard to use COVID as a gift. Now, some of this was dumbass luck. Uh, I was working hard at doing zoom comedy. And then my friend Candy Carter, the executive producer of Tamron hall found me and said, Tom, we're doing a virtual crowd. Would you like to warm up our audience? And, uh, uh, through my podcast, which was a mess at that point, I got the fancy microphone. I have a soundboard. I have sound effects ready to go. You know, like I learned how to entertain people quick, you know, or in a different way. And I'm hoping this mess of skills I got out of COVID, my 2020 lemons, will be some form of 2021 or giving myself the longer timeline, 2022 lemonade. And and listen, 2020 lemons into 2021 lemonade was a really catchy slogan in December. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe 2020 lemons into lemonade without putting pressure of a time uh, stamp. There you go. But- I, yeah, I am, something big is going to happen in my life. I just don't know what that is. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's really important, you know, that you talk about this, you know, people talk about a pivot or, you know, where you're, you know, reinventing yourself, all those elements. I mean, I had to, somebody told me, oh gosh, I hate it when you said you're, you're had to pivot your business. Cause it sounds like it's so uh, just, you know, bad, so horrible. And I'm like, it was, but the pivot to me is like, if you're a dancer, you know, when you're a dancer, you always have to be able to change to the next foot. So if you're, you know, doing ballet, you're doing tap, it's all about the way that you shift from one foot to the other. And that's where I went with my business. We're coming out of it. Um, you know, thankfully, I actually started a second business also uh, in the pandemic that, you know, really helps both business? businesses. What was the, what was that? What was your second business? So um, my whole team is based in Kenya. And so as I, as we grew, I actually increased all my people that work for me in Kenya. And I had so many people asking me where I got my people and, you know, how, where'd you find these people? And it's kind of a crazy story from business associates, but now I started another business where we're matching uh, people from Kenya with small businesses all over the world. And it's, it's, it's doing great. And it's wonderful because we're providing other jobs. We're also helping small businesses that were trying so hard to stay, um, you know, float, but needed marketing support or podcast services or all these different elements. And so it's all coming together. And so my business looks so dramatically different than it did this time last year, but it is so much more, you know, pandemic proof, uh, you know, re, re, uh, <clears throat> recession proof. There's just so many more options that I didn't have and I needed to have it, you know, just like you, you know, you got something, you know, you need something, you're not quite sure how it's all going to work out, but when you go with it, then some amazing things can happen. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time till a hot Kenyan comedian uh, st- or a hot comedian from somewhere in Africa starts stealing us jobs. Oh my gosh, Trevor Noah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but, uh, but you hit, listen, you hit some great points. I, I, I hate the word pivot. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people do. Well, I don't want to say I hate the word pivot, but pivot is a strong word because even when you pivot, you have direction. Mm. And I'm going to argue, because you just hit a big thing. You're exporting U.S. jobs to Kenya, white mm-hmm. collar jobs to Kenya. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, uh, I'm not judging that uh, on your case, but uh, we in America got to be better. We have to prepare ourselves for that. And mm-hmm. even for me right now, I'm living with this fear that I think I have to bank as much money as I can, as quickly as I can, because I don't know what the world is going to look like in five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we've, we've shown as a world that we can um, operate um, from a, you know, a remote uh, standpoint. So it really opens up opportunity. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's valid. I'm um, just, I would say, uh, you know, the one thing for me and, you know, I've, cause I've had other people ask me that too, you know, why wouldn't you hire someone from the U S because I couldn't, I couldn't afford somebody from the U S but so it becomes sometimes a question of does your business, do you let your business die because you can't look at other options or do you look at things that are more creative? And that's where I think that we're, and that's where I think of pivot is that, I, I didn't have a direction. I still was trying to do some other things, but you're kind of balancing to find where, where can I find some steady ground again? And when you find that steady ground and it works, then you're like, okay, this feels right. So now what's the next step I need to take? Cause it, to me, it is, it was really more of a dance to get, to get my business to the next level. And then finding out how many other people like me with businesses very similar to me, 
you know, we're, you know, just a, a hair's breadth away from saying, I have to shut it all down and go, you know, get a job at Target because what else am I going to do? See, I got lucky uh, because I became a very, I'm one, right now I'm one of the foremost practiced, uh, not necessarily funniest, but foremost practiced Zoom comedians in the country. Mm-hmm. I set up, so I did something different. And I don't necessarily think you as a person need this approach, but your listeners might like it. Mm-hmm. I read a book called You Squared. Do you know it? I've heard about it. I have not read it, but I've heard about it. I'm going to email you a bootleg copy of the audiobook. <laughs> I'm going to route it through Kenya so it becomes an international scam. Uh, I love it. Is, <laughs> I, I bought a bunch of copies of it and I give it to people right now. And the book starts with this story. Uh, about a fly and the fly is in a house not like uh, not unlike the one that I'm here in Maine where the fly keeps trying to break through the glass window it's trying to get outside the fly is wasting its few remaining minutes of life trying to break through the glass window and had the fly only gone back a little bit and gone through the wind, gone backwards, it would have realized there was an open door just minutes away. Yep, yep. And then it could have prolonged its life, blah, blah, blah. But it kept trying to break through the window. And, and you know me well from my work at Good Morning America, at ABC, and frankly, in my own standup, I usually am the guy that breaks through the ice. I am that boat you see in the Navy uh, that goes through the Arctic Circle, breaking the ice so the other boats mm-hmm. can go through and nobody cares how rusty and beaten up I am as a boat. Uh, you know, I am, I used to, this is a great one in dating. I used to say I flew point. So like in a top gun, oh, yeah. triangle for yeah. me, the guy in the front, and, but I would be the guy that would go in first with the ladies. We swoop down, we go, bah, 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 bah. I would get shot down. But the other guys would clean up and go home to their wives and children. <laughs> but I'm bump. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's a but I'm bump joke. I've never, I've never been able to make that jo- work as a but I'm bump. But that's what we would jokingly say is Tom would go in and fly point. Tom would break the ice and the other guys would hook up. And I would make such an ass of myself loosening the ice that mm. and being self-deprecating, blah, 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 that I would be so unattractive by the end of that five minute ice breaking that I wasn't, I wouldn't even hook up with myself. Like, and I, and I'm, I'm a, and I'm, I'm very promiscuous for me. <laughs> so back to me, Michael Sherlock, uh, <laughs> what I don't think, you know, for your listeners and listen, the pandemic is just an embodiment of what so many of us have been feeling in our hearts for years. Frankly, if you look at every problem I describe other than the drop in income, mm-hmm. I, have been, I have been pandemic Tom for uh, many years. I was missing, uh, you know, I found myself and I'm only able to verbalize some of the mistakes I was making now. And I'm only just now 18, 19 months into pandemic, blah, 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 if we're still calling it that. Uh, but I'm only just starting to have my awakening now and I'm, and I'm having it live on my podcast. Uh, you know, listen, you may not, uh, you know, pivot like you, listen, you're, you're a friggin' business professional. You hang out with Robin Roberts when you're in New York, you come in and Robin <laughs> Roberts goes, Oh my God, it's Michael. And then George, George and Michael say, yeah, we know we've seen her before. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, <laughs> You know, but for real, you're a pro. So maybe you had a second business. Me, 
I don't know what my second calling was. Uh, yeah. My calling, I, I don't. And I still like, there's a great line in the movie, Two Popes. Have you seen, seen Two Popes? Either. No, oh, but my. I've heard that's good too. You know, geez. Uh, you know what? Have you gotten out of the house in the last 18 months? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we so, caught up on all Star Trek, the next generation. <laughs> oh my God. You're a Star Trek fan. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I am a huge, <laughs> huge Trekkie. But back to, back to me. Two popes. There's a line where the uh, Anthony Hopkins playing Pope Benedict says to the man who's playing uh, the man who will become Pope Francis. Uh, and he's trying to explain why we need in the first time in Catholic church history there to be a new pope while, before a pope dies. And Anthony Hopkins, as Benedict yells out, I can't hear the voice of God anymore. And that's how I felt. So when you don't hear your voice of God, whether it be actual God, Catholic God, uh, Jesus, Jewish God, Muslim God, whatever your version of uh, G.O.D. is, um, you know, or whether it be your inner voice, you know, right. what, if you can't hear that, uh, what I, you know, then what you do for me, what I've started doing is exploring in a small way. Uh, mm -hmm. I rebuilt my website, TomKellyShow.com. Uh, which, by the way, is the gateway to my Instagram, Tom Kelly Show, the gateway to my TikTok, Tom Kelly Show, and my Venmo, Tom Kelly Show. But <laughs> for real, uh, I rebuilt a website, IHateWeddings.com, uh, that I've owned for years. And honestly, I thought that was going to lead to a project, and it didn't. But I mean, but I learned a few skills with that. Uh, mm -hmm. I learned how to p record podcasts on Zoom, which turned into a great skill when the Tamron yeah. Hall show called me. Uh, I've done corporate Zoom work, which I think is here to stay. Uh, you know, so if you guys like if you needed me to do a speech on Zoom, I'm actually really good at it. And right now I'm paying to be able to host events with 300 people yeah. uh, because I've done a couple of corporate events. And the, I'm very frustrated still because I don't see the big happy ending at the end of this yet you right. know like i know like uh, a funny one I, I was very good friends with a, a a catholic priest who i used to visit in a nursing home uh, his name is father lou and father lou and i had a great relationship where i uh, you know, I was his communications friend. Uh, he would call me, you know, uh, and a couple of guys, his angel with a dirty face, you know, like the old 1940s oh. movie. Yeah. Um, and he would, and he forgave me for not being Catholic enough. And he knew I marched <laughs> to my own spiritual drummer. Yeah. And at one point, Father Lou uh, was, he had spinal stenosis. He was in the veteran, he was a vet Vietnam vet. So he had a, he was in the VA hospital in Northport, Long Island. And God bless the man, uh, he would bust my chops like an old Italian grandfather about not finding a girlfriend and not having a wife. And finally, I just yelled out, you know what, shut, shut the heck up, Father Lou. There was a very strong language used to a dying man in his deathbed. Uh, and when you consider <laughs> he was priest. a priest, it was very wrong, but it was our relationship. I'm like, Father Lou, <laughs> you know what, if, if I had a wife, I wouldn't be here right now. Let's admit <laughs> this, Father Lou. There's a lot of guys you like better. And there's a lot of guys that like you better than I like you. And they would all be visiting you right now, but they can't be here because their kids got soccer practice. They got to be good dads. They got to be doing this. They got to be doing that. Um, you know what? If I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't be here hanging out with you. So let's just shut up and enjoy each other. I mean, it was pretty hard. And, and then he agreed, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and then honestly, it wasn't until he died and he died funny that father Lou died on father's day, 2016. And when I went to visit him and, uh, my, his, his caretaker, a man of a St. Joe sledge, let me held the body till I got there. And it was when I was with his body as they draped it in the American flag to take it for preparation. And I gave him and I escorted the body to the ambulance. I knew it was the first time in my life, uh, I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I was very good to my grandmother in a similar way. Uh, With Father Lou, that feeling lasted for six months to a year even where I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And then when my grandmother passed, I had a similar feeling that really only lasted for a couple of months. It didn't last as long. But I'm waiting for a moment where I go, oh my gosh, the dots are connected. It's not the picture I wanted. I was trying to draw a picture to Starship Enterprise. I came up with a middle finger, but it's a picture, <laughs> you know, but I'm waiting for that moment for the dots to connect and uh, whatnot, for, for the struggles to be worthwhile and whatnot. And honestly, that's part of why I started podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is a firm pivot. Uh, I'm not necessarily doubling down on this, but I am jokingly calling myself the self-help comedian right now. I'm calling the podcast self-help comedy. And, you know, nobody really aspires when they're 21 and being a comedian to one day be 44 and be the self-help comedian. When I was 21, I aspired to be the guy playing Madison Square Garden and hooking up with groupies in the dressing room comedian. I was the guy who, you know, uh, I aspired to be comedian with his own talk show comedian. And frankly, self-help, the angle right now is... The nice thing about podcasting, the nice thing about 2020 is actually, and the nice thing about working with Robin Roberts, Tamron Hall, and a few other people over the years is what I found appealing about Tamron and Robin was they could, and, uh, you know, and even my friend Whoopi Goldberg, you know, and a little bit less so Joy Behar on this count is they're all good people who use being a good person as part of their skill set. Yeah, And this is something I have that other comedians don't have is I'm going to heaven, whatever that means. I'm a good person. A lot of other comedians I know are just jerks and they're able to make it work. Yeah. You know, Um, you know, and so I guess for me, and I know I just took a six minute answer uh, to a one second question. No, but for real is pivots an awful word or for people who can't pivot, explore. Yeah. And I love that. I think it's a great vision of it is, is exploring you're, you're, you're in that journey. And I think it's really helpful, especially, you know, with this month's theme is thinking, you know, art comes in many forms and business comes in many forms and our personal lives come in many forms, but the, the desire and the guts it takes to explore will open our eyes to things. Now, whether we want to see them or not is, is another answer. Well, and it's funny, I was very excited to be on the shock your potential thing. Uh, podcast because I I'm actually just only last week starting a shocking my potential stage. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to do now massive change in short periods of time to experiment and refine. Like yes. I will not be doing this when this show airs, but this week I have committed emotionally to doing one podcast every Monday. Right. New episode every week, no matter what the hell's going on. Uh, this week, I'm doing five daily without a co-host because I want to see 
how I can develop myself performing solo. Will my confidence improve? Will I stop stuttering? Will I stop stammering? Uh, Will I learn to take six minutes to answer Michael's questions? Uh, You know, (laughs) I don't even remember what the question was anymore, Tom. (laughs) but, but, uh, but, uh, But here's another thought that I have is you also have to refine. Mm-hmm. what you're doing. And I guess my question for you, if I had a few minutes with a woman who charges multiple, multiple thousands of dollars to talk at speaker events, by the way, if I can totally mooch your talents for free is, yeah. you know me, you've listened to mm-hmm. some of my work. You wrote a brilliant intro about me. How mm-hmm. does a guy like me shock his potential? Well, I break it down into five pieces and they're the letters of the word shock. And so the S is for stand out, which you do, but standing out is, means a couple different things. Um, so standing out, I think part of that is what you're honing. I, I actually listened to a couple of your uh, episodes this week where you're just talking yourself. And I think that is part of, you know, that honing and trying to decide, well, hone actually goes into the H, but uh, you know, how, how do I want to stand out? How are people, it'll be interesting for you to, to check the um, the following, the, the responses and downloads of your podcast when you do them solo versus when you have a guest, you know, because that data tells you something. So how you stand out is can be built on what you want and believe, but only if people will buy it, meaning by the downloads or pay to have you. So you'll know how you stand out based on data. But the second part of the H is hone. So hone your skills or in other cases, hire your deficiencies. So, you know, hone your skills. So to listen and to evaluate, but to use that, that data and that information, or if somebody is trying to make sure that they know um, how they're viewed in a business environment, then it's an opportunity to ask certain people, you know, figure out who to ask and how, how you ask the right questions to know, do I stand out the way I want to? And if I don't, what skills do I need to hone to make that happen? The O is operate like you're already there. And I don't mean fake it till you make it because I don't believe in that. I don't, I think you have to be authentic, but you have to operate. So if you want to have, let's say you wanted to say, hey, I really want this podcast to be something that is so great that I'm picked up by um, Sirius or, you know, whatever. Um, and, or I want this to be on, you know, one of the streaming platforms, you know, with one of the, one of the major networks then, then start operating like you're there every day. Like what time do I need to get up? If I had to have, if I had a live show on, um, on heart radio, I heart radio, what would I do? When would I do it? So it's operating as those skills of how, you, what you do, having a podcast every Monday, it's always uh, delivered at X amount of time in the morning. So, you know, those operational things that, that align to it. But C is something that you have such a great opportunity. And there's so many people listening to this, you know, when they hear you talk about, you know, knowing Whoopi Goldberg and, and Joy Bayer and, um, you know, Robin Roberts and the Stray Hands and all these people, that's when you have such a great advantage to cultivate the people and opportunities that will help you with the next step. And that's being very aware of who, not just, you know, it's not about leeching off of people. It's about having really strong conversations with the right people and saying, Hey, I, you know, I'd really like to talk to you um, about, you know, this idea I have, I just need somebody to brainstorm with me for five minutes or whatever it is, but cultivating the people you already have in your world or new people that you need in your world so that you can have new opportunities. But the K is for know your worth, know your value. And I think it's, 
funny to even have it come in the end, but it's the way the letters go together. But knowing your worth and knowing your value gives you more confidence to continue to do those other things. And yet when you do those other things, you gain more confidence in knowing your worth and knowing your value. So it goes, it goes back and forth. You have to stand out. And clearly, I mean, visually, you know, I stand out. I, you know, have funny colored hair. I have crazy shoes. Um, Cause I want to make a physical impression on people. Cause sometimes that physical impression get somebody to stop and look so I can talk and go through the next steps. But I don't want to just be known for the gal with funny hair and crazy shoes. I want people to know how serious I am about what I do, but I can only get there and stand out when I work those other elements. And when I do them and I work them in tandem, then all of a sudden your potential increases because now you have more momentum behind it. You have more people behind you, but you have a different level of commitment to what you're trying to achieve, even if you don't know exactly what it is yet. And so um, I think that you have all the pieces. You're, you have such great opportunity. Um, and I love what you're doing with your podcast because I think, I think that that is, I mean, being the self-help uh, podcast you know, guy is something that could be completely unique allow us to make fun of our own, you know, foibles, our own fears, our own, you know, deficiencies, but do it in a way that's also working to make us better, not just to have it as a joke, but really like what you're doing is I'm asking myself tough questions. I'm making myself do some things that maybe I wasn't going to do before. I never thought about doing. That's when I think you have something in a real sweet spot here that once you have it honed a little more, you start to, you know, tap into all those incredible people that you have as resources, baby, you'll be at the top. Well, Before 50. That. Yeah, but how much you charge for that? Wait a second. What's that? I'm out. <laughs> hang on. I, I know. I wait, hang on. I could have gotten this same speech from someone in Kenya much cheaper. <laughs> and with that, we're almost done because we've been talking way longer than I normally do. <laughs> Before you start turning back on me, mister. Well, no, but it's just funny. My friend, uh, my friend Jeanette Barber who is actually, you would love, you should find her, follow her on Instagram uh, and add her, you should add her on Facebook even and just write her a nice note. You would get along well with her. She was Rosie O'Donnell's head writer for six years at the Rosie O'Donnell show. Uh, she's done a lot of other Emmy award winning work, blah, 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 blah. And her real gift, in addition to being a funny stand-up comic herself, is finding other people's gifts. Mm -hmm. And she has been great in giving me encouragement. And one thing she's challenged me to do lately is some of the stuff you were just saying, which is go insanely outside my comfort zone for a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing how I get stronger. Uh, it's funny. You said things about numbers and stuff. Uh, it drives me nuts mm -hmm. that any th uh, my guest episodes rate higher. Mm-hmm. But my panels with all comedians having fun rate lower. Ah. So I got, I'm trying to find a sweet spot. I think I'm trying to do better is a good slogan for me. Now, does this mm -hmm. translate into my stand-up jokes and old trappings? Uh, I had a, I did a, actually a woman you should have on your show, Logan Yuri. Write this down. Steal my guess. Okay. You go ahead. Logan Yuri. She wrote a book, How to Not Die Alone. <laughs> okay. And now you, but you talk about shocking. She, you know, mm -hmm. that is the purple hair title for a dating book. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> No, she works at Hinge uh, and she was a dating advice person, blah, 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 blah. 
And God bless her. She uh, she basically said to me, well, Tom, uh, if this, this and this in comedy is keeping you from finding the right person, then yes, you're going to die alone. She was not that blunt with me one on one, but she was that blunt, if that yeah. makes sense. And, you know, there, you know, there's a great line, you know, and again, I guess what I'm kind of doing in my podcast and in life right now is trying to soak up life advice that people have been giving me for free over for mm -hmm. years. You know, yeah. like things don't change if you don't change. Like one thing that's driving me nuts is I have a decent apartment that's cheap comparatively. I'm about $200 a month below market. It's in a good neighborhood, but mm -hmm. I've been there for like 12 years. Now, do I move and risk going to a new landlord? Uh, the lease came up a week ago, right when I was in Maine. And there's just part of me that just doesn't want to sign the lease again. Mm. And then there's also another part of me that's just like, you know what? I could take that $200 a month and just go on more vacations instead. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, or, or invest it wisely, buy a car like right now. No, but it sounds crazy, but I'm paying, I am paying my car. I'll show you my car later when I turn to computer, but I am paying $300 a month to garage my car in New York City. I was going to say, why do you have a car? We don't have a car in Philly. Oh, I haven't had a car in 11 years. Screw that. After the pandemic right now, you're not getting me on mass transit for a while. Listen, <laughs> even no, but this is what, uh, you know, listen. Ah, because I'm tired of talking about the pandemic, yet the yeah. pandemic is all I'm programmed to talk about. But we yeah. couldn't stop people from pooping on the train before the pandemic, you know? Oh. You're going to tell me we're going to get people to wear masks and get vaccinated? No, <laughs> no, we're not America. Let's own where we're at. So my 91 Volvo is how I'm getting around. I'll take All this right. away because I have to and I can't park that much. But any trip more than 20 minutes, I'm getting in the darn car. And honestly, it is having the car in town was a subtle difference. I... So a subtle thing that I've learned about myself during a pandemic, you mentioned this before, is I like my beach walks, which I do mm -hmm. on my Instagram live. I like being uh, amongst nature. Um, at the very least, the car gives me a chance to have the best of both worlds just a bit. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a true answer. That's a true story right now is right now I, I do have to do things a little bit different. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad to have uh, you and your advice to help me uh, get a little closer to solving the Rubik's Cube of my next breakthrough. Well, Tom, I know that uh, you've already been very good about promoting your uh, website, but I want to make sure that uh, even though we're going to have all have your... Yet? You, you've said it plenty, but I'm going to give Tom you another Kelly chance. Com, the Tom Kelly oh. Show uh, website. Have I mentioned <laughs> exactly. my uh, MySpace is still Tom Kelly Show. <laughs> hey, let me set you up. Tom, we'll have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody needs to look you up right this minute, what's the best way for them to find you? Tom Kelly Show, ladies and gentlemen. Tom, No, but you're, now you're making jokes, <laughs> but I don't know if you heard this on my uh, Tom Kelly Show did I mention Tom Kelly show podcast? I had Lynn Smith on who is friends with Ginger Z, who is also a uh, guest on my program. Mm -hmm. And she is a headline news anchor, HLN. She's an anchor on a HLN, but God bless her. She saw me on, or she saw my Ginger Z podcast. She completely booked me because she thought I was another Tom Kelly. So again, guys, <laughs> Tom Kelly show, not uh, 
Not okay, that's funny. anybody else, not anybody this, not anybody that. I am Tom Kelly Show. Uh-huh. Find me there. That is hilarious. I love it. Now, I hate to even ask this question, but I'm going to, because I ask everybody before we are wrapped, wrapping up, it's, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, God darn it. If I didn't just hit those <laughs> notes uh, on the six no. grants. Uh, no, I mean, listen, I'll give you two right now or one that'll lead into the other. Mm-hmm. I give this advice to myself as much as your listeners right now. Okay. If you think you have something, if there's a voice inside you telling you you have something to share with the world, you just go out there and share it, okay? Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine, Rich, he said to me, Tom, um, people aren't uh, paying attention to my TikToks. Uh, I'm tired of TikToks. And then he kind of gave me the insult line of, I need a boring job like doing warm-up comedy like you. He didn't quite say it like that, but it sure came off like that. And I'm like, Rich, you know, and Rich is actually uh, in some ways a funnier guy than me. He's a raw and funny, funny guy. Anyway, my feeling was, Rich, either quit and go get a job at Trader Joe's, which is my advice for a lot of people. And I will Mm -hmm. never shit on somebody's dream unless you call me and ask for specific advice. And Mm -hmm. I generally don't want to do that anymore. But listen, First, I'm going to say, if you really still feel the fire in your belly that you have something to offer the world, go out there and do it. I don't care what the numbers are. I'm not telling you to invest your life savings or anything like that. But right now in this, the 21st century, there's a lot of stages for you to perform on. You can get a podcast for $22 a month. You could do a YouTube channel for free. You can do TikTok at 15 seconds at a time. You could do Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But if you got something you want to say, go out there and say it. But don't just go blindly. Mm-hmm. Now, my father's advice of just make life take it away is missing a second chapter, which is, and you have to adjust. And you have to tweak. Uh, A friend of mine was asking me, Tom, what is the difference between humor and comedy? And it took me, frankly, 72 hours to come up with the uh, answer to that is humor is just funny. Comedy is refined. And this is where you get into arguments over who's a comedian, who's not a comedian. Comedy is a little bit more overthinking and OCD. I have a lot of humor in this notebook. I don't have a lot of comedy. The comedy comes from rewriting the joke over and over and over again until it works. Jerry Seinfeld is known for whittling down the syllables. So that way you could get to the punchline every 15 seconds. So I say, go for it and refine. And if you're not refining, there's no point in going for it. Yeah. You know, and if you're not adapting, there's no point in going for it. And honest to God, and I say this to my comedian friends and real friends, is if you want to know if you're the guy who should quit, call me and I'll tell you. You know, mm-hmm. I really think the one downside to the pandemic was it kept a lot of awful comedians and business people <laughs> in business. Uh, no, listen, and your whole business with Kenya is a part of it. I think there's a lot of lazy people who aren't chasing their dreams right now because they got the $1,500 stimulus check because they're getting the unemployment. Listen, I know honest, hardworking men up in New York and women uh, who a friend of mine who was in the laborers union, a very important union where uh, in construction in New York. And he's like, God, I really wish they'd lay me off because I'd break even right now. Wow. And that's a hardworking man working a job with a pension. 
Wow. You know, and he said that to me when there was the $600 bump. I think I don't know if the $600 bump is still uh, intact. That conversation is 11 months old. But my feeling is, listen, if you have a fire in your belly, chase mm -hmm. it and talk about it and also refine and adapt. You don't necessarily have to have that the refining and adapting conversation as publicly as I am. In fact, I'm sometimes wondering if my honest conversations are too depressing. Mm. You know, that's we'll, we'll deal with that when you have me back on in September for uh, <laughs> Sore Loser September. Exactly. No, but for real, I mean, and that's a whole other conversation we'll have later. Yeah. But right now, I feel the urge to talk out loud. Yeah. I feel that's helping me get somewhere. And listen, doing my podcast once a week Actually, this is another great revelation I'm only having now with you shocking my potential is, you know, they say in stand-up comedy, the first thousand times don't count. Mm. Very good. You know, and what I'm doing right now, and listen, if I podcast once a week, I'm only getting 52 a year. Mm -hmm. Now, if I podcast every day, it's still, t you know, now listen, I think stand-up is also different than podcasting, but if you do your thing a thousand times, and we can even make the number a hundred times, I, I don't know. Right. You have to know what's right. But more than once, more than once a week, more than I did it three weeks ago, I know people who will say they're a comedian and they did an open mic back in 92. Oh, Listen, yeah. part, part, of your, part of chasing your dream, we tell too many people they can chase their dreams because they don't understand, you know, because they think just dreaming is part of it. No, you got to get off your ass. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's you the shock and the shock your potential. It's that little bit of jolt that makes you go, wait, hold on. I, in order to get there, I can't just know I have the potential. I have to actually make the motion to actually move. You and I will eventually have a longer talk about the C, which is the cultivating. No, because I think part of my magic is not annoying my celebrity friends. Sure. I think that's why I get along with them is I have never asked uh, any of the Good Morning America anchors for anything other mm -hmm. than eye contact and a smile. Uh, I think I get along famously with all the view hosts because I never asked them for anything more than a good smile and whatnot. I don't like asking for favors. That's the old Godfather thing of, uh, uh, and now we, by the way, said goodbye and I'm going into another thought. So I'm wondering if I should stop. <laughs> well, yes, I think we'll have another conversation about that. Let's later have another conversation. I enjoy talking to you. I will get you on my podcast eventually and uh, <laughs> we're going to figure it out. All right. <laughs> Excellent, Tom. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Michael, and thank you, America. For anybody still here, the last four <laughs> digits of my social security number are 3172. <laughs> Have fun with that. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.